It's hot in here. Different it's strokes for different super folks. All right, normally we just like get into it real slow and natural. So she told you about our new foot endeavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New, new, new adventures. TJ thinks that we should should uh, test it. I could never sell my soul to the devil like that. <laughs> Listen, I know people that make a lot of money just the pictures of their feet. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> like, maybe in my younger years, I would have been like, "Fuck it, dude. Let's send it full on, like paint and everything." But uh, now I'm just like, I want the podcast to blow up for good reason. <laughs> you know, like I'm cool with it. Like if if we get popular because our feet are sexy and then it pushes up. Ours? <laughs> yeah, I have great feet. No, I'm not taking them off right now. You don't. Yeah, I have great. <laughs> you could pay to have nicer feet. Yeah, I could do that, too. <laughs> but I feel like my dogs are all right. You know, so um Somebody just commented. Anyway, somebody just commented on our thing. They're like, imagine coming to a podcast to comment about feet and not being here for what the actual show is about. Yeah, see? That's, I thought that that's was pretty what funny. Saying, right? But I feel yeah. like that, that's, that's the whole thing about a podcast, right? Like, obviously, there's an overarching theme, blah, 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 whatever. But, like, you don't know what you're going to find in that video. And if, hey, if that's yeah. your thing, whole new audience. I yeah, thought totally. for sure it was because, you know, Aaliyah, Aaliyah's story is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And... um it was like a good one, you know, like sure. I really liked that podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, but that, that's like I said, the initial draw, you know, she's got a great story, all the things, but then you got the one person that's like, hey, but also P.S. So let's share this here. And you get that whole, you know, following yeah. community, but also like, hey, there is a message here. But hey, she's got beautiful feet. <laughs> Come for the story, stay for the feet. Yeah. Right? Right. Um, <laughs> That'll be our new tagline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was I going to say? I was going to say something else. Oh, we talked about it too in the beginning. Didn't didn't she yeah, say? Yeah, I I actually we called had no it idea oh, until yeah. like later. Yeah, so I was like, I think I said in the beginning, I go like, so this is what we're doing, huh? We're letting the dogs out. We're gonna let them bark. And then Aaliyah was like, you know, people pay a lot of money for this. And then yeah, it just randomly got on like a foot blog. Yep. And Six. now it's over four k, I think, right now views. <laughs> it's a it's a whole entire different world. It's a whole entire community. It's a yeah. whole. It is a. Full face. Hey, I don't care. I'm not kink shaming. I don't care. Yeah, people yeah, like yeah. it. I don't whatever. care what yeah, people no, do yeah. either. Let them. But I'm just saying. Yeah. Don't be resistant. If, like, <laughs> if it's like the kickstart to the podcast. Right. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, we're for sure gonna be just for anybody listening or watching. We are for sure gonna be barefoot again in a video because we just. I mean, I am right now. Like, not in like. oh, perfect. Yeah, perfect. It's perfect. just like 90 degrees in here. Yeah, it's really hot. So anyway, welcome back to another episode of the Counterculture Pod. Why don't you do the intro today? Because he's your best friend. <laughs> best friend. I mean, I'm just um, okay. So this is TJ. <laughs> he is my. Do you like the term hairdresser? Is that what we go with? What yeah, do we say? I mean, I say my hair guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, it depends on how. How narcissistic you are, you know. I mean, I'm I'm a hair designer. I'm a hair colorist. Oh, I'm a hair, hair cutter. I'm a hair stylist. I'm a. I like. I, mean, I, I like hair designer. designer. Yeah, I, that's. I think on my business cards it says hair designer because I do. I do it all. You know, there are hair people that do just color, just cutting, just style. Oh, you sure. know, they kind of have specialties. So mm. I do it all. So yeah, hair designer. Cool. So he's been doing my hair since. Oh my god, when do you think? 2015, 16, when did something I fix like that. It? You came to me to fix it. <laughs> yeah. It's been probably 
like seven or eight years, yeah. I bet. Yeah. It's been a long time because I was uh, seeing you when you were still at Get Dolled Up for a, at least, Couple I would years. say, two years mm -hmm. for sure. Um, so generally, we like to start the show with people that we know by giving them flowers, like telling them a couple of things that we love about them. <laughs> yes. And I know that we've skipped this on a few podcasts, but I've been talking to a lot of people that I'm not like super good friends with recently. So oh, why don't you give well, them his flowers? Okay. So two things. One, obviously. <laughs> Let's try to make them cry. I wouldn't let anybody else touch my hair. <laughs> and you know that. <laughs> so... <laughs> That, that's just <laughs> there were some extenuating circumstances over oh, okay, a period yes. of time <laughs> yeah. i get into that no. later yeah um but yeah no one else will ever touch my hair unless you leave the state which i might consider she would fly. flying to you <laughs> i know I bitches know. that fly for their hair i mean jess might too right, jess fine. is my best friend she also sees tj um and um the other thing that i think is so wonderful about you is and we just talked about this the other day was your drive and your um like dedication to your craft and just um you know you're 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 just very like goal oriented like i have you know this marathon i'm gonna run i'm training it i'm not missing it even if i'm hurt and um so just very you know goals and dedicated and i think that's pretty cool because that's very yeah. similar to our personality. I remember Heather uh, like telling me that you hurt your ACL or something. You hurt your knee. I had uh, it was an Achilles tendonitis. Ah, yeah, when we, <laughs> were in, when we were going to Hawaii. Yeah, but yeah. I I was even like, oh yeah, 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 I was even pretty impressed because I don't. You're not like a. Are you like an avid marathon runner or anything? No. Okay, this is my first one. Yeah, so I was pretty He's impressed. He's an avid runner. Yeah, cool. But uh, first man. But I just had the two year anniversary of like, hey, I think I'm gonna do my first turkey trot couch to 5k. So avid runner in. Did you do and how many have you done since? I did couch to 5k. Yeah, did you like I it? Started it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was good beginners program. It was an amazing. It is a true couch yeah. to 5k. Like Sweet. it's like walk for five minutes, jog for 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how. I mean, it was a true like couch to 5k. Nice. But it was pretty quickly where like, okay, I can accelerate past this yeah so i was pretty <laughs> impressed because she was like she talked to me about your injury or whatever and uh -huh. i was like oh sounds a little bit out of my scope but whatever <laughs> but but when when she was talking about it it was like you were super eager to like because you still wanted to do them yeah. like you didn't want to miss it no and a lot of times people like who are signed up for shit like that they don't like really want to be in it but they signed up so they're like yeah. fuck i have to do it you know yeah. is that <laughs> you that's, that's you <laughs> And then so, um, but it seemed like you actually wanted to do it. So I was pretty impressed with that. Yeah. I mean, I was four weeks out from the marathon. So I had already been running for, I was a good eight weeks into my training program. I had hit my peak 20 mile run mm. and it was the next day or else I was like, shit, I don't know what's going on here. This, this looks terrible. Yeah. <laughs> just, I know with Heather and the athletics and I was like, oh, I don't know anyone else that would like understand, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I started with you guys and then I have a friend that works in orthopedics and she was like, the second round, she was, you know, we did some stuff. It's feeling better now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, it's an attended, it's a tendonitis thing. So, um, I'm training for my next event uh, coming up in November. So I'm very conscious of it, and it's like, oh, so I took a week off because it started to flare up again. Calm down, but it's fine. I, I know how to treat it now. Yeah. So. What got you into running? Uh, so I, um, I don't know how much story Heather has told you. Um, so I used to be very overweight. Um. I struggled with my weight my entire life. 
lost I've lost 110 115 pounds and holy cow yeah in an effort to like okay i got there cool uh through nutrition mm-hmm. changing diet all that kind of stuff i was like but now how do you maintain this right so uh one of my mentors is like that was two years ago challenged me october 1st like hey sign up for a turkey trot they're all over the place you can find one it's a 5k whatever and i was like i'm not a runner i don't i laugh at runners they're crazy people yeah, they um, are crazy people. they are yeah. and the milwaukee one they do a 5k or an 8k and my husband was like well if we're gonna do it then let's just do the 8k and i was like wait that that now we go from three to five <laughs> miles all of a sudden i was like wait what he's a good influence it, yeah he's my best instigator um so we like fine let's do it whatever and I was hooked right from from jump. So what? Uh, what? So you were 120 pounds overweight? You said? Uh, yeah. So I probably topped out somewhere between like 310, 320 on any given day. What was the turning point for you? Where you were like, "Fuck, I gotta." I gotta um. So I was in a really bad car accident in 2018. Um, this is when he didn't do my hair. <laughs> it, I put me out of work for like three months. Oh, like you were already going to him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I ha- yeah. Dude, that's kind of fucked up that you didn't keep doing her hair. I know, right? <laughs> I-, I will tell you probably 90% of my clientele feels that way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Maybe not now, but at the time. Yeah. Um, but the girls at the salon were great and stepped up when they needed to and stuff like that. But also cool. a good push for my clients. Are like, cool, I will just wait until you come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but so my right ankle was broken. My heel was crushed. So my entire right foot, everything all was restructured, rebuilt. I was completely non-weight bearing for like eight weeks before I started physical therapy. So between that, um, being sedentary, already having like a poor relationship with food, being over, I was already overweight then. And then, you know, 2020 happened, uh, which to someone that suffers from like anxiety and depression and stuff like that and being a social being uh exacerbated even more so then i kind of topped out and i was just dealing with a lot of residual pain inflammation swelling uh being on my feet all day that kind mm-hmm. of stuff i mean i was living in compression socks year-round just to try and keep fluids out of my uh ankles and legs and stuff like that and it was just kind of one of those things where i was like i can't i can't live like this long term anymore my orthopedic surgeon was like dude you maybe got five years in your career. And I was like, what? And he's like, you are on your feet all day long. Like, he's like, yeah, you're back together. You're healed. But like, there's permanent damage in there. You know, there's already arthritis and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I had to do something. So I was, I mean, I was looking, I had consultations set up for like bariatric surgery. Like I was exploring all different avenues. I was like, I have to do something. And, um, a friend of ours had lost a lot of weight doing this nutrition program. I was like, okay, cool. I did. I wasn't sold on the idea of surgery. I'm like, I need. Mm-hmm. To, I understand. I have a poor relationship with food, so it gave me. I started with it and did the nutrition program. It retrained my brain and how I look at food and how I fuel my body and stuff like that. And it just really was. Yeah, I had to do something with the pain and all the uh, residual things I was dealing with the car accident. I was like, I have to make a change here. I just can't continue oh, that's inspiring that's really cool good for you where do you think uh <laughs> <laughs> well for real like yeah. i've never lost 100 pounds plus the most i've ever lost was like i think 40 sure like I mean, going from strong man- yeah but it was like was on your frame yeah <laughs> like yeah i mean on me yeah because i'm 511 but like it was like not because i like was you know yeah like my quality of life i mean when you're at a certain point no matter what your quality of life is just kind of bad yeah. i was huffing and puffing going upstairs but i was also fat for a purpose doing strongman you know and then i oh, lost the yeah, weight yeah. so that i could totally do bodybuilding yeah so totally yeah. different but um what um what was i gonna say about that where where do you think your poor relationship with food like came from I mean, do you think that was really the issue was it mentally like with food 
Um, I mean, as someone that, like I said, someone that deals with like anxiety and depression and stuff like that, it was, I, I feel like in society, yeah. food serves as a lot of um, solutions. Uh, you know, whether it's feeding emotions, feeding mm. stress, uh, rewarding yourself for whatever, you know, as a society, we use food as, you know, rewards, which was something I had to unlearn in getting healthy. Cause there's so many times where like, all right, when I hit my 25 pounds gone, we're going to go out for a big dinner. And my coach is like, why? Right. You lost 25 pounds. Why would you go for a big, di-? like, you're not an animal. Why are you rewarding yourself with food and mm-hmm. treats and all that kind of stuff? They're like, go do something, go do an experience, go, you know, build memories, that kind of thing. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's yeah. right. And so, I mean, a lot of it is societal. I mean, you know, growing up, I grew up in a family where you put the food on a plate, you're clean your plate, you know, you, t- yeah. you, you take what you eat, you know, that kind of stuff. I was grew up that way too. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, there's starving children in Africa, you know, those kinds of things, which, okay, there are, and that's a, a problem, but you're not sending my leftovers to the starving kids in Africa. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we also don't live in that we also environment. Yeah. Right, right. So, I also feel like our parents' generation mm-hmm. knew nothing like, you know, they don't, yeah, they don't know anything about nutrition. They don't, they don't follow anything really that we would. Um, like my mom just cooks with, loads of butter and sugar yeah. and you know because it's good she's cooking with love right yeah, i know yeah. i mean it's good it's, well that's just it and that's this like I, I i love food i still love food and i yeah. love good quality food you know um but we live in a society of convenience yeah and it's so much easier to go through the drive-thru but let me tell you now um it's it's food is expensive yeah <laughs> oh yeah I mean, I remember the days my husband and I would go through Taco Bell, just the two of us. Taco Bell was like my Achilles heel and still is occasionally. But I mean, the two of us, it'd be $35 at Taco Bell. What are you buying at Taco Bell that's $35? Yeah, that's yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, what were you getting for 35 well, bucks at Taco Bell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think, like, how did you retrain your brain? What was the shift? Um, how did you start to view food? Uh, oh. You have to view food as fuel for your body. You know, when sure. I, when I made that switch from like reward system to fuel, it's like okay, um, you know, I the program that worked for me, I, I eat six small meals a day, combination of protein bars and shakes, and uh, lean proteins, non-starchy vegetables, healthy fats, you know, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, wait, no, I'm eating food because I need to fuel my body to get through the day as opposed to being a reward system um, is just kind of when it was like, okay, yep, nope, this is, this is what I have to do to function. Um, I'm not feeding my emotions. I'm not feeding my, you know, anxiety and stuff like that. Uh, you know, one of my big mantras now is feel the feelings. Don't feed the feelings. That's good. Yeah, I like that. Really good. Everyone's, yeah. everyone's got them. We mm-hmm. all deal with stressful anxiety things and mm-hmm. food is always the easiest catalyst to reach for. But, I keep thinking about the other Friday night when you were having a bad day and you're like, I want to go out to eat. And I'm like, do you want to go out to eat or you want to go out to eat because you're having a bad day? I said that. <laughs> yeah. That's a, it's yeah. a very real thing. Yeah. I mean, there are times where I come home and, you know, my husband does all the cooking. He's a great cook. I couldn't cook to save my soul. I mean, I could. It's But it's all going to be box things with directions on the back. Sure. You know, we'll do a grocery shopping trip and I'll open the fridge. I'm like, we don't have any food. He's like, yeah, that's because we have to cook it. But there it is. If he's got a bad day and he's just like, let's just go out to dinner. Okay, fine. Yeah, it's 
great but yeah. it's it's just easier mm-hmm. well now that you've made like the lifestyle switch and you view you view food differently it's kind of easier to go out to eat too right like oh, there's god. none there's none of that anxiety of like oh my god this sounds really good this sounds yeah. really good you're looking at it as like okay how is this food going to benefit me or like what is the best option that i can get here instead of like what are the tastiest things i can get here yeah i mean absolutely i mean we, we, you know it's there don't get me wrong we make bad choices sometimes yeah, you have you to just want yeah. pizza you know yeah. yeah um that kind of stuff but every I mean, day every, <laughs> i mean pizza yeah. is delicious uh-huh. but there are a lot of times where it's like you look at the menu like okay what do i have going on how do i want to feel after this you know there's so many things that i now know it's like if i eat it i'm like i'm gonna feel like a slug mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm. the the carb coma is so very real um when you are aware enough with your body and somebody to listen to listen to mm-hmm. it to know those kinds of things so it's like okay fine but also like i don't always want a salad with chicken on it like yeah is that the better option sure mm-hmm. but also if you're gonna go out to eat i want something that's worthy of the restaurant you know yeah i can make a salad with chicken at home all day every day yeah, yeah. <laughs> the 90 10 rule right on 90 yep. percent of the time off 10 you know it's it's it, i had to st- i'm one of those people where like if i look too far out at a calendar or whatnot i, I get stressed out it gives me mm-hmm. so you know, when I when I started with the weight loss, it's like, all right, 25 pounds. Oh, another 25 pounds. Well, I'm still overweight, so let's do 25. You know, that kind of thing. I, it has to be incremental. But now that I'm on the flip side of that, it's like, okay, if I look at my week, how did I do this week as a big picture? You know, was it, like you said, 90-10 rule? Like, mm-hmm. was I 90% on? That is a successful week. Nobody's, yep. I mean, I shouldn't say nobody, but to have 100% on is, I mean, that's dedication. And I have few good weeks like that, but they exist. But 90-10, that's a win, you know? And sometimes yeah. you have to just find your wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Shifting from kind of the fitness portion of it, how does... So you seem super goal-oriented oriented and, like, um, structured, mm-hmm. right? How did that kind of translate into your actual business life? She's told me, like, a few things. <laughs> says that you're really successful in the hair industry. Mm-hmm. So how, do, how does that kind of, like, tie in together? Um, I've always been very... Uh, goal driven, um, reward driven, if you will, uh, from a young age. Um, I started doing musical theater at a very young age. So the whole process of like auditioning and getting a role and going through the rehearsals and then Mm -hmm. opening night, you know, that whole process, um, I've been really hooked on that kind of whole chasing the dopamine, if you will. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of one of those things of like, okay, cool. You know, made it through high school, all the things. Uh, my entire life growing up, I wanted to be a teacher. Uh, I got to high school. I'm like, I don't want to be a teacher. Uh, they get no respect. They don't get paid what they're worth. You know, there's so many things with being a teacher where I'm just like, mm, nah. Okay. <laughs> um, so I was like, ooh. Sounds I'm terrible. Be- You're right. I mean, yeah. mad respect to all the teachers. I have several clients that are teachers, and I hear some just nightmares. Yeah, oh, yeah. Some yeah. students and parents and administration, like whatever. That could be a whole another po- podcast. Yeah. Um, but... I was like, oh, I'm going to go to school be an actor. And my parents were like, well, okay, let's get a real job here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to shift your mic around. You keep talking. Yeah. Um, and my dad is self-employed, owns his own business. And I was like, well, fine. I'll just go to school for like business or something like that. And my parents were like, well, no. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> my parents were like, no, find something that you're passionate about. You know, that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, senior year, I taking over the master bathroom. I was doing all my friend's hair and stuff for prom. And my mom's like, dude, I was like, I should go to school for hair. And she's like, yes. 
So, I mean, I, it's kind of one of always been those things, you know, I've started doing hair. I love it. I've been doing hair now straight out of high school. So 18 years I've been doing hair now. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to build a very successful business. Um, very strong clientele. And when I get comfortable, I always have to find something new. Okay. Um, so at one point, uh, I'm an educator with the Schwarzkopf Professional USA team here in the uh, in the U.S., um, which is a color company. And then I educated for them for a couple of years. And then I auditioned to be part of their artistic team. So I made that. So it's kind of I've just always had that um, nature of like I have to keep moving the goalpost. You know, it's it's not necessarily you know I, I reach my goals, but it needs to be continuously moving goalposts because the feeling of being stagnant is just never been something i've never been satisfied with like it's always like cool i made it yes celebrate at the next stop yeah i think <laughs> yeah, totally. i can relate to that 100 percent because it's like <clears throat> even as i like get closer to a goal i mm-hmm. like shift the goal post almost immediately because i'm like once i get there i'm gonna be comfortable and then yep. i'm gonna be like what the fuck am i supposed to do now you yeah. know so it's like yeah kind of Take, so like, for example, when it comes to athletics or whatever, fitness, we'll like do all these qualifiers, right? So like, as we were getting up to the monster games, I was talking about like, I want to go to the actual CrossFit games. I'm not even really concerned about the monster games anymore. I was, and then I got hurt and all this sad, sad boy story stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah, but I start like immediately thinking about the next thing because I'm like, all right, yeah. we're here. That's It's done. It's done in my head, right? Yep. And um, I think that that is like a good indicator of like people who are successful mm-hmm. because you just have this internal dream drive do you remember like being from like a super young age you always being that way were you involved in like athletics as a kid and had that type of like feeling no athletics was i did track and field i think in like sixth grade because i (laughs) had to try some sport but i've always been a music nerd band choir musical theater all like dance you know dance would have been like the extent of my athleticism got it um not it but it was like musical theater choreography i didn't take like like what I would consider like athletic dance. That wasn't my thing. Okay. Um, but it was, it was more so one of the things like when I, when I had done the weight loss, it was like, I have to come up with a plan to be able to maintain this now. Yeah. You know, I know just eating healthy isn't going to get me there, but also, also as I get older, you need to gain strength. You need to strengthen yourself and that kind of stuff. So that's where I found running. And that's kind of when we did the first Turkey trot. Also I was like, it was coming up to the first of the year. So 2022, cause we're in 23 now. I was like, all right, what are the goals for this year? What mm-hmm. am I going to do? And I set a goal to run a half marathon in 21, no, 22. And I did it in the first, I did the Bruce City Marathon, which I think it was in March or something like that. And I was like, all right. So then I did another one and then I did another one. And then I was setting goals for this year. And I was like, well, I did three half marathons last year. That's a lot. It, it was, but it's kind of one of those things. But like, he's well, not an avid runner. I'm not an avid yeah. Runner. But once you train for one, you're trained, right? So it's just about maintaining that. Were they ability. close together? No, they they were scattered out throughout the year. Okay, so you just maintain fitness the entire yep. time. So then this year, I was like, I mean, and all my clients that are runners, like, well, you've run a half marathon, you know, your next goal is a full marathon, right? I was like, I don't want to run a. Who wants to? Who wants to run a full full marathon? No one. It's twenty six point two miles. Like, <laughs> ah. So the first of the year, I was like, I mean, I guess that's the natural progression. Yeah. So I started searching, like, okay, what are the top five marathons in the country? Where are they? Blah blah, blah whatever, and. Uh, 
I ran Grandma's Marathon, which is up in Duluth, Minnesota. Cool. So it takes place uh, middle of June, and I trained. I got injured, like I said, four weeks out, and that kind of sucked because I had to take two full weeks off from training at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to get a few runs in before, and it, it was a beautiful run, uh, run. You start north of Duluth, and you run all the way along Lake Superior, and then the whole second half is like through downtown Duluth. And yeah. it's like the runners are the parade. Like the people come out in droves and the support was amazing. And I finished in four and a half hours. Wow. On a coming off an injury. Yeah, that's good. So, you know, my initial goal was to finish under four, which was a very ambitious first time marathon. Goal. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I'd say four and a half is really good though for yeah, a first time. Yeah. I mean, the average male marathon pace for my age is like four hours and 15 minutes or something like that. And those are like marathon runners. Yeah. People that run marathons. <laughs> yeah. So for my first one at four and a half hours, it's like, that's right. really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's super good. I as soon not. as I was done with the marathon, I was like, all right, next goal. Like, what is our next goal? So sure. we have our next one coming up November in the beginning of November. And where's that one? We're going down to Disney World. No way. So it's going to be oh. it's their wine and dine yeah. uh, run weekend at Epcot. And we're doing the full weekend challenge, which is a 5K Friday, a 10K Saturday, and a half marathon on Sunday. That's awesome. I've heard of this. So, it yeah. sounds really cool. So that's, that's what we're training for now. And uh, I'll just, you know, my husband comes along. He doesn't love running like I do. <laughs> I have a feeling after the Disney run, he might be done. We'll see. Yeah. But... Uh, but yeah it's it's it just it keeps me going um i find it very meditative and relaxing actually um and i find when i don't run i'm i'm a little more anxious and a little more stressed dude that uh that runner's eye thing i so i was training for a marathon a long time ago and i was even then i was like god runners are fucking nuts (laughs) yeah you know but like it's like it's a bucket list thing like eventually i have to do it um And then, but I remember I hit my first ever, I think like eight mile run Mm -hmm. and it was like at five miles, I was like out just total flow state. And then when I got home, I was like, damn, I get it. Yeah. I understand why people fucking do this shit. You know, Yeah. the long ones though, like running short periods of time, like even like 5k is like, it's too short to get that stimulus from it. And it's like, you're like, it sucks the entire time, but like it's somewhere between the four and five mile mark where you're like, whoa. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the, with the short runs, like, the hard part is you're barely warmed up by the end. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? So those longer yeah. runs, like, it's when I'm doing my training runs, stuff like that, and, you know, we live in Jackson, so I'm running the sidewalks around, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it's like the first couple of miles, it's very repetitive for me. So I'm just like, oh, here we go. And then finally you kind of settle into your pace, and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, now we'll do this one more time, like, once you're all warmed up and stuff like that. But, yeah, that's that's the thing. that The runner's high is is definitely real. Yeah. Um. And it's, it's not for me, it's not like this, like euphoric high feeling. It is mm-hmm. actually kind of more of like a zoned out. You just kind of are doing it. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, um, you know, my watch gives me my updates every mile. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, damn, that was a really fast mile. I didn't feel like I tried very hard. You know, mm-hmm. those kinds of yeah. things where it's like, then, you know, you're in the groove and I'm a runner with music. So I tend to zone out to the music. Nice. Yeah. With, um, so with your hair, with your hair business, mm-hmm. how do you continue to shift the goalposts with that? How do you not stay stagnant in business? I'm battling with that right now, actually. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, it's hard. I'm an independent stylist, um, so I work in my own suite, and I have a set clientele. Um, you know, I get the occasional new client and stuff like that, uh, which is usually a referral from an existing client, so that's, you know, the excitement there. Um, but my clientele really... 
they're the ones that kind of create and mold my days. You know, my Mm -hmm. clients are very much up for doing different things. You know, a lot of my clients come in and they're like, I'm like, what are we doing today? And like, I don't know, TJ, what are you up for doing today? And I was like, okay, all right. So I'm driving this boat today. Got it. That's cool. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. How many colors have you made my hair? I mean, different colors (laughs) over the years. Yeah. You've, you've kind of spanned the spectrum here, (laughs) but, um, it's, it's a lot of my clients. And, and I've, I found that as a struggle when I would like, have to be out of the salon like when I had my car accident yeah and I came back the number one thing I heard from a lot of my clients was you know the girls that were covering for me would be like all right what are we doing today and my clients would be like oh I don't know I just sit down in the chair and TJ does my hair Mm -hmm. yep that's me you know I'm that girl so it's like (laughs) you know so my clients really rely on me and stuff like that for so that alone like I have to stay fresh Mm -hmm. um so that alone is driving, but it's it's real easy to get in the rut of like, are we doing the same retouch we've done for the last 10 years? Cool. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Great mantra, but also a mantra to really that you can get stuck in a rut sometimes with it. So so you think it's kind of more dependent on like your clientele? Yeah, I mean, clientele, um, also like education, you know, the, the mm-hmm. fashion and beauty industry is always changing literally every single day. So you yeah. have to stay... I think you have to stay educated, take a lot of education. And nowadays with social media, digital platforms, things like that, there's so many classes and things you can take on YouTube or even just scrolling TikTok or Facebook Reels or Instagram Reels, whatever. I mean, you can watch a minute clip and be like, huh, I never thought to do that. You can, you know, you can learn something that fast yeah. um, if you are open to being educated. So, I mean, there are a lot of, when I'm teaching, there are a lot of salons where I go into and I'm teaching styles that have been in the industry for sometimes decades mm-hmm. and realize that it's some of the basics that they've forgotten that we need to revisit to move them forward type thing. So staying educated and being an educator um, is kind of a revolving thing. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Why don't you talk a little bit? Cause you had like a transition of like, working with a bunch of girls to now you're all by yourself Mm -hmm. like kind of what that was like and maybe Um, pros cons and yeah I mean I was managing a salon and I really loved the team that I was working with um it was really an opportunity to be a mentor for new stylists um it's a very social interaction um you know, whether it's just talking about hair, talking about industry, but also just talking about life. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is a salon atmosphere is very social. You know, I was friends with a lot of other stylist clients, you know, things like that. Um, my clients knew all the other stylists. Like it was just an open conversation kind of atmosphere. You know, mm-hmm. you, they talk about the barbershop atmosphere, you know, mm-hmm. guys go to the barbershop, hang out all day for the social interaction. Yeah. Um, but post car accident, coming back from that, I needed to be able to not only focus on my, myself and my self healing and things like that, but also be able to give my clients as much attention as and energy as I had left. <laughs> so I was, it was very, I was leaving work very depleted. Um, it was hard for me to focus on my healing, manage a salon, manage staff, all the things that come with that, focus on my clients, focus on other ancillary things going on in the background, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So going into the solo, the more of the solo suite um, setup allowed me to do that. I could set things up how I needed to be able to function um, most efficiently, mm-hmm. but also be able to give my clients 100% of my attention without um, without any kind of distractions and things like that, which is was the driving force for that. 
now having been in my solo suite and by myself since 2019 so that's four four years um four and a half years it's been it's different now because i'm healed um you know i've made my own self changes stuff like that so now sometimes i do miss the social aspect of having a lot of busyness around you um but i find as i get older uh, I don't enjoy the distractions as much as I perhaps once did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And hearing some of the craziest stories, yeah, you know, say some drama, uh, you know, because there's all you work with a bunch of people that are creative beings, and creative beings are very high energy people to begin with. I mean, you put a bunch of hairstyles whenever you go to a convention. They were all female. You were the only. Man. They were all female. I was the only. <laughs> so you're trying to get around. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't gonna go there. I'll go there. It's okay. Yeah, I'll I think go Justin there. will go there. Yeah, I just didn't know if we were good to do that. Yeah, yeah they were all girls. When you work with a <laughs> lot of bitches, male. that's what happens. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. You know, but, yeah. but, it, but I was like the older, other than me and the owner, they were all in their early 20s, fresh out of beauty school, living the life. You know, yeah. so you know they come in Saturday morning, and I was like, "Have you?" Slept in the last thirty six hours, you know those kinds of things. Yeah. Like, there's something you had different a rough night last night. Yeah, the hairstylists are different, dude. It, they, you know, I mean, and I talk, I talk to my clients all the time. It's like, because it, my twenty, my twenties were no different. Like, yeah, I was in a salon. I worked part time for a karaoke company, so I was working, you know, to bar close. Uh, well, I didn't know that that you yeah. worked for a karaoke company. Oh my god, yeah. How was uh, that? That's yeah, husband, that's how my husband and I met. Oh uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because you just rock at karaoke. Yeah, I mean, we both. We, yeah, oh, he's a singer. Okay. Yeah, he's he's a he's he's a, actually a published recording artist. He's working on his third album. Yeah, wow, I mean, okay. Cool. But he also I works in the medical that. field. Like, yeah, that's why I think so of you many. as the eye, the eye guy. Yeah, the eye guy. He's an optimist. Wow, interesting. That's, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Milano Breeze, all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, all the things. Okay, I always wondered about that. I don't know why I've never asked you until right now, but like on social media, when you tag Milano Breeze, I'm yeah. like, what is happening? I'm so confused. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we have other than our whole professional thing, we both are performers. Sweet. So I did drag for over a decade and I still do it very rarely now, but I mean, I, I did the whole pageantry circuit. I was a state title holder, national title holder, traveled, all the things. See, I told you uh, I thought he was high up in the drag world. I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did stuff in the drag world. I don't even know what the yeah. fuck that means. I, so. Like, it, like to explain it to us in the layman's terms. Wait, wait, like, first, I got, I got another oh, question first okay. before we get to the drag <laughs> stuff, because that can be like a whole different section of the podcast, I'm sure. So, real quick, going back to uh, the salon stuff, the hairstyle yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because I find myself like this too, but I fancy myself a pretty boy, right? Okay. So I'm like, I don't... <laughs> Clearly, the, yeah. this is your look 99% of the time. <laughs> yeah. So I don't I don't let anybody touch my hair. Yeah. I don't let... Like, I only have one girl that touches my hair. Yeah, Kiana, yeah. what's up? She She's the only person that does my eyebrows. Yeah. She'll, like, touch up my beard a little bit. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. I do my beard. Or, like, I used to go to a barbershop back in the day, but... But he won't um, get it trimmed, by the way. Well, because Your, his hair. Here, here's oh. a fact. Here's a fact. I don't let white people touch my beard. Okay. And I'm not willing at this point to drive to Milwaukee. Like, because it's too far. Fair. I don't have like white people just don't know how to do. I'm not talking about your facial. beard. I'm talking about your hair. You my haven't hair. had your hair trimmed. Oh, I don't. That, that's that's for Jesus. That's not for any other reason. I'm just kidding. Um, so that's the look you're going for. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I got to be kind of a dirty hippie, but also a little bit pretty. Anyway, what is it about? Um hairstylists that get people like you're the only because you heard her in the beginning like you're the only person <laughs> you're the only person yeah, and question. you know i even think that i would fly to you because 
for me as a trainer, you know, by profession, mm-hmm. I know why people stick with me. And mm-hmm. it's like, it has to do with, I know their body or I make them feel a certain way about themselves. You know, we emotionally connect because like I'm the person that they trust, to, like give them the results in the gym. And then, yeah. you know, they trust me like that. What is it? Do you think about like hair stylists that, that do you think it's the same thing? Yeah. So, so two things I'll touch on. So answer the question first. Yes. Very much that. Mm. Um, it's, Mm, I get very possessive over my client's hair. <laughs> okay. That's good. Um, because it is, I, it, hair is an art form. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's artistic, especially when you're starting to deal with like color and stuff like that. I mean, now you're dealing with chemicals and all the different things. Um, you know, anytime I have a new client come in, I'm like, hey, like, it, first of all, it's a really long consultation. You have to get hair history. What are goals? What are we looking at? Is it a, can we accomplish this in one visit? Is this going to be a goal of four appointments? Is this a six month goal? You know, whatever that looks like. And you're building that relationship right off the bat. Wow. And then I have to get to know their hair. So like, you know, that one appointment isn't going to tell me everything I need to know about their hair. How does their hair react to heat? How does it react to chemicals? How does it, you know, those kinds of things. So it's definitely very much a relationship building. And it sounds like a science. It, well, there's a lot of science involved, but also like as a person coming in, as a client coming in, if you're looking for a new stylist, chances are you're leaving a not so great experience mm. or a mediocre experience or whatever the case may be. Sure. So now I have to provide them with the best experience they can have so you have the stress of like oh shoot now i have to undo whatever's been done whatever Mm. trauma has experienced because that happens easily when it comes to hair but also as a client like your hair is your security blanket Mm -hmm. it goes with you everywhere you don't take it off you can't you know it's not like changing your shirt because it didn't fit right like if you get a bad haircut you're, You're stuck with well it. for a hot minute. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's a big, it's a huge trust thing. And once a client finds a stylist that like this just feels right, that's it. Like that's the end. But okay. I will also say like my men clientele because I do a lot of men clientele, mm-hmm. and a lot of them started off as like significant others of existing clients or just. My first salon was right near UWM um, in Milwaukee, so I got a lot of college guys and stuff like that. Oh, that's great. Guys are significantly more loyal to a hairstylist than a female ever will be. Really? Yep. Because I feel like I I could see that because women fancy change. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, all right, cool. Uh, You know, Oh, my best friend got their hair done. It looks great. I'm going to go try their person, you Mm -hmm. know, that kind of thing. Whereas once a guy finds someone that like cuts their hair and gives them exactly what they, that's it. That is a marriage through and through. If I leave on vacation and like I have appointments, I'm like, hey, we need to shift your appointment. Can we shift it out an extra week? My guys, 90% of the time will be like, well, can we shift it up a week versus shifting it out a week? And I like, do that all the time. It's like, I'm, I'm coming back. I promise. They're like, no, no, I know. Yeah. But I'd rather shorten the window than lengthen the window. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, guys. I'll go two weeks in a row if that's the case. I have I have a good handful of guys that are every two weeks. Yeah. Just because they me. like a good high and tight crisp fade. We don't touch the top. We don't shampoo them every time. But like if they want a crisp cut. But yeah, otherwise my guys, I have some guys that will book out their entire year every four weeks, Thursday at five. Wow. And just that's just how that works. And yeah. but then also we know far enough in advance, like if they need to reschedule or you know, shift it or I need to shift or whatever, it's not like, hey, next week, sorry, we've got to move it. It's like, hey, your third appointment in four months, I'm gonna be out of town. <laughs> like it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just easy. But yeah, yeah. guys are Guys are real loyal. So when you're like, yeah. you got your girl, I was like, yeah, I bet you do. Like, yeah. That's just how that works. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah there's only been like i think i've only ever had like two consistent like hairstylists and one i stopped going to her she's like one of my best friends only reason i stopped going to her is because she moved to oak creek and i'm like i can't you know i can't yeah. pay for you to drive to me every other week you sure. know and i don't want to like come to you every other week so then the girl that I go to now, she's right in Oconomowoc. It's not that far of a drive. And yeah, I go every two weeks. I would go yep. every week if I could, but she doesn't want me to she's come. She's had every two week. babies recently. So there's yeah. a little couple. Oh, of dude. And yeah. that was so bad because like, no offense, Charlotte, nothing's wrong with your haircuts <laughs> or anything like that. But it's like your, your stylist knows your hair, yeah, yeah. like your, your cut, like you yeah. were saying, you know, so like. When I was like, when I sat down in her chair, she's like, what do you want? I'm like, I think I get like a zero to a two or something. I'm uh, like, I have no idea. Yeah. You know, and then yeah, she's yeah. like, okay, Kiana kind of clued me in. And then it just, it wasn't the same. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't right. the same. It's you not, know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, yeah. I mean, that's a real thing. Like going back to like when, you know, my clients are like, I don't know, what do you want to do? You know, yeah. I, I know my clients that are open for change because mm -hmm. we do something different every time. And then I have my clients that we do the same thing all the time. And every once in a while, They'll throw me a curveball. I'll be like, let's do something different. I'm like, whoa, wait, pump the brakes. Okay. First of all, let's address a couple things. What happened? Make sure there's not like exterior contributing factors. Like a breakup or something? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if someone that's never had bangs, like, hey, let's do bangs. I'm like, oh, who hurt you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> also, we're not doing this. I'm going to get a phone call in a week going, you ruined my life. Like, yeah. I'm not doing this. Um, so, it, you know, but it's it's nice though when the, when the clients that are like do the same thing all the time, I'm saying like, hey, let's do something different. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, let me switch gears in my brain here and be like, where are we going? You know, yeah. more often than not, they have ideas or pictures or whatever to like guide it. But sometimes mm. they're like, I don't know, whatever you want. I was like, okay, do a Google image search. Cause I'm a visual person. <laughs> yeah. Most people are visual. So it's like, okay, how does something like this feel? And it's either yay or nay. Or I like to set my boundaries. Like, Oh, we're going to go red. They're like, I, um, no, I've never been red. Do you think that like, well, no, but I'm just setting how far can yeah, we yeah, wander yeah. from <laughs> where you're at? Yeah. So, but change can be fun. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. It's a it's a nice place to be when you know that people just trust you that much to make a good decision for them, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of stress, but it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's fun to be like, all right, there. I'm the professional yeah. in this situation. You know, I can't tell you how many times people come in ugh, when all these young people on social media and these new trending words and like can we do a wolf cut and i was like what is a wolf cut yeah and i'm like so first thing i do go to instagram search hashtag wolf cut i was like oh it's an overly textured shag haircut got it okay cool <laughs> and they're like no no a wolf cut is like sure same thing call it what yeah. you want yeah. <laughs> fundamentally i know what it is and i can execute it yeah. you're an old millennial <laughs> I, I, you know i mean born in 86 so i'm not really like an elder millennial but i definitely feel like i feel like i'm an old millennial in 88 elder millennial, <laughs> elder millennial, like elder that. millennial. that's kind of like it, it seems like it's almost the same as like tattoos like yeah. tattoo artists or whatever that like people come in with their terminology for tattoos but there's always been like Tattoo artists have their, you know, their language that they speak yeah. in. But then like kids, like, is it Generation Z? Is that Gen Z after us? Yeah. Gen Z, yeah. They, they like have these weird terms for sleeves and shit. And I'm like, oh. it's a fucking sleeve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. If you go You're into, covering your arm because yeah, it's a sleeve. <laughs> right. And if you go into a tattoo artist who's like my age or older, they're going to fuck it up just on purpose because you're an idiot. You know? Right, because <laughs> now they're annoyed. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's the same with, can I do a unicorn haircut? I was like, what the hell is a unicorn haircut? Right, so again, yeah. I'm looking at videos and I was like, it's the Farrah Fawcett 70s 
sh- shag hair god yeah no no that's not i was like that's exactly what it is like, <laughs> like look stop making i've been around not. longer than you yeah it's like almost insulting <laughs> yeah i mean it's not really i think of everything from a technical standpoint so it's like yeah. you know because if, if someone wants a haircut it's like okay how am i technically going to execute this type thing so it's like you can call it whatever you want. You can call the watermelon here. I don't care, but I got to be able to visually see it. So I can <laughs> technically execute it kind of thing. But right. every new, every month is a new term. And I'm just like, right now is the cowboy copper color. It's a brown copper. Like, cool. Got it. I don't know why it's cowboy copper, but it is. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. It's the, that's the age that we live in. The TikTok and Instagram real age. They got to yep. come up with shit just to like catch eyes. Well, and it's, and it's whatever's driving the new algorithms and the yeah. new traffic and stuff like that. So totally. I get so annoyed looking at hashtags and I'm like, the hashtag doesn't even apply to the video, but you used it to drive the algorithm and traffic and yeah. It's a whole other business. Yeah, we're into that. We're trying you to have to. You work. have to in the social I have no idea how hashtags work. I couldn't. Yeah. Oh, it's a whole categorization and organization thing. And it, it's a thing. It changes like weekly. Literally. It's crazy. Yeah. If you like listen to the Instagram CEO, yeah. it's like literally always changing. It's so stupid because if you don't already have 500K to a million followers, growth on these platforms is so freaking tough. That's why yep. we have to show our feet in a YouTube podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, the market is so saturated and so diluted. Yeah. It's like you have to find your niche, if it's feet, fine, um, and just yeah. run with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, speaking of niches, now, <laughs> yeah. now, now we'll get into it. Because I don't, I don't know this world at all. I don't understand it. So excuse me if you know I'm like <laughs> volatile or something with it. No. The drag thing, what? And I don't mean to call it a thing either. I just literally have no clue. You said that you did state and all these fucking <laughs> things. I don't know what that means. Clue I mean, me in a little you know, bit. Toddlers, you know toddlers and tiaras. You know pageantry. Yeah. Yeah. Kind pa- pageant. Of, a little pageant. bit. Pageant. Like pageants. Yeah. Pageant. But I like I, you could like if you would talk to me about a pageant, I wouldn't even know what goes into it. Like I just know okay. that there's these things where people walk on stage. That's yeah. <laughs> so it's just like any other competition. I mean, there's categories and, you know, yeah. there's big, you know, it's. Uh, like a bodybuilding show? Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I started doing drag. So again, I started doing musical theater as a kid. As I got into being an adult and building a career, you work a lot of nights in the hair industry. I couldn't do a lot of musical theater, rehearsal schedules, that kind of thing. Um, for me, it started as Halloween, Halloween 2009. I was like, I'm going to go in drag because what homosexual hasn't done drag at least once in their life a lot of straight guys have done it too just for funsies um and it was terrible i mean i looked terrible i was a boy in a dress it was so bad um but it was fun hold on real quick since you say that this question pops up yeah what is the point of drag then? So drag literally starts. I mean, drag has been around since Shakespearean times, okay. and drag in um, like manuscripts and stuff like that. Drag was stood for dressed as girl because oh. females oh, wow. females were not, not allowed that. to be in theater. Females were not allowed to be in prominent performance roles. Females were not al- they they were in the background. They were you know that that was just society then. Damn right. So only men <laughs> were actors and performers. So yeah. drag was dressed as girl. So it would be a male dressed as a female to play a female character. Wow, I didn't so that know was that. Like, I didn't either. That's like OG drag. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So um, so for me personally, it's a it's a performance outlet it's a theater outlet okay um, it was a way to um do all of that without having to commit to rehearsal schedules and you know be um 
be committed to a larger group of people. You know, it's just mm-hmm. me, one, whatever. Um, obviously, had a performance background, that kind of stuff. So that wasn't for me. It's just another costume, just a different kind of costume. Started doing some shows at the local gay bars and stuff like that in Milwaukee and different things. And then I started to find out about pageantry and competitions. And because I'm such a competitive nature and again, pushing myself and moving myself forward on a quick way to accelerate your career in the community was to do pageantry. Mm. Um, You know, if you wanted to be known, um, have more booking opportunities, higher booking fees, that kind of stuff, you know, you would compete and get a title and then that would kind of go around with you for a year. So, um, there are big competitions, Wisconsin. There's the biggest one is Miss Gay Wisconsin US of A, which is a big state title, which goes on to a national competition held down in Dallas, Texas. Um, and there's preliminary. So that was my first one. I competed for preliminary, um, then competed at state, one state went on to nationals, competed at nationals. And I think I finished like, 13th or 14th out of like 37 competitors nationally. Wow. Um, but then there was one competition. I went down to Florida in Orlando and competed uh, and won that one. And then I traveled the entire country for a whole year. That's and crazy. So, I mean, so there's personal interview, which is basically something like this. Mm-hmm. It's the contestant the panel of judges, which I think we from five to seven people for like five to seven minutes. And it's just a get to know you kind of thing. And then there's evening gown, talent, Sometimes some other smaller categories, but those are usually the big three. And it's all about, you know, how well do you communicate? Do you have talent? Do you, can you put yourself together, you know, as in a look and stuff like that? And then you're just goals to be the best of the best. So, what? <laughs> so is it? I have so many questions. <laughs> I do. I do too, actually, because like, um, I'm an open book, you know, there's like, there's the whole political thing that's going on with like yep. the drag and everything. The very real thing. And we don't have to like talk much about that, but what, like, what like throws me off now is that like, it seems like drag isn't different from a bodybuilding show almost right because it's like it's like you referred to it as a costume yeah which is interesting to me because like i don't think that like the trump republican guys look at it as like there are these people in costumes they're like the gay people are after my kids or whatever but like the way that you're describing it seems like like it's literally a competition for something oh yeah absolutely which is so and i never knew that i'm like like i said i'm totally ignorant towards it um and not that I think the other view either, but it's just like, it's interesting because it seems like, like, cause the bodybuilding thing to me is also mm-hmm. like, I don't, I did it, but I still don't get it. You know what I mean? Sure. I did it because <laughs> I'm an ultra competitive person too. So I'm sure. like, how many things can I win? Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So, um, that the drag thing, uh, my other question real quick, but you, also not everyone does pageantry. Just put that out. Some people okay. just do shows and use it as a performance outlet. So I was going to ask about that too. Um, my second question though about it is, you said it was Miss Gay what? Miss Gay Wisconsin US of A. Okay. Do straight dudes do this? <sighs> I mean, if they want it. There's no one there's no one saying there's no rules saying they couldn't. Right. If they want, you know, it's yeah. you know, the general rules are, you know, either need to be born male or born female or whatever, you know, that kind of those those kind of rules. But as far as like orientation, like that that's a you thing. I mean, there have been heterosexual males that have competed. Now, I mean, you're gonna deal with a different kind of pushback, you know, because the gay community kind of holds it close to their heart. Like this is their and, thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's not to say that it, they're not welcome, but like if 
you need to make do, treat it accordingly. You know, if yeah. you are going to compete with somebody like that, then you need to be an out loud, avid ally. Mm-hmm. You know, those kinds of things. Not behind or in the closet. Correct. Yeah. You know, because there are a lot of people that will say like, "Oh my gosh, I'm super supportive." You know, I, I love the LGBT plus community. All these kinds of things. But then when it comes to actually rallying and supporting the community when it comes to either political issues or things like that, all of a sudden they're quiet. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, cool, great. I'm glad you saying you support me made you feel better. Mm-hmm. But now what are you doing to actually support me and the entire community kind of thing? Because sure. the entire community is very much under fire because so many things are used as political ammo, whether or not it's actually applicable or even relevant. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah. Buzzwords, fire, where, you know, those kinds of totally. things. Totally. Like, Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um the the performance aspect of it um opposed to the competitive aspect. Mm-hmm. What so what's the deal with that? What's the difference? I mean, some people just like to perform. They just like an outlet to perform. What's the performance aspect of it? So, I mean, so there you can go almost anywhere nowadays. I mean, drag bingos are really popular. You know, there's there's a place in Milwaukee called Hamburger Mary's where they do shows Friday night, Saturday night, brunches on Sunday. We went there. Yeah. I've never been to Hamburger Mary's. No, we went there. My birthday, the Pedal Tavern. We went to Hamburger Mary's. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember the Pedal Tavern? Just checking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was the last time I drank. Oh, okay. A year and a half ago. But yeah, so I mean, so just performance is just a show. I mean, you you know, some people sing live, some people lip sync, some people dance, some people, you know, you get dressed up, you do two or three numbers for a show, and some people just live the show director life and do shows. Um... For me, it was the competitive aspect. Sure. I want a, I want an award. I want my crown. I want my... I mean, and some of my crowns are 12 win. inches and heavy crystal crowns. I mean, I have a tote full of just crystal crowns. Yeah. Um, but uh, but there's a very... There's a there's investment that goes into competition. I mean... Yeah, it's expensive probably. Competition gowns easily are thousands of dollars. Yeah. And that's for one article of clothing that you're going to wear on stage for maybe two minutes yep you know talent i mean uh for my big competitions i would have four to six backup dancers well now i have to costume me i have to costume my backup dancers i have to pay them for their time you know for traveling pay for their travel like i mean when i went to nationals i probably was probably easily 10 grand is there money yeah do you get paid if you win yeah yeah, i mean there's a prize package not that's gonna offset the ten thousand dollars yeah see this reminds me so much of bodybuilding i'm not even joking because it's like you have to train for it and it sounds like you have to practice for it and then you're spending all this money on like for for bodybuilding would be like food and gym memberships supplements and then for you it'd be like the gown and stuff yeah and then for bikini women their their suits are literally thousands of dollars as well and then you get on which is always crazy because yeah how much fabric is in a swimsuit you know what i mean right 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 (laughs) and then you get on stage for like the 20 minutes that you get to be on stage and it's over and the only reason why people do it is for like this self-fulfilling prophecy of like i need to win this yeah absolutely that's interesting and it's it's interesting that you say that now because because i don't i don't compete in drag pageants anymore Mm -hmm. but it's probably because i'm running and as free as running is yeah to run races and stuff like that, it's expensive. Yeah, it's travel. It's, it's travel, up. shoes, fuels, yeah. you know, training, all the things. Like it's, it's, that's, that's where my money goes now. 
but I get a pretty medal when I cross the finish line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, I want my award. I'm a millennial. I want yeah. my participation <laughs> award. Dang it. <laughs> that that medal costs hundreds of dollars, but it feels good Sometimes. when you get it. Sure does. Yeah. I look at my wall of hanger, you know, my hanger on the wall with mm-hmm. all of my medals and my husband's medals up there. I'm like, damn, we did that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I used to be over 300 pounds. Like, you know, it's just, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I need that visual reminder to, to keep myself in check because it's really easy to just let it go. Yeah, 100%. Do you have more questions about the drag? Because to be honest, I do. <laughs> I'm here. I'm <laughs> You're gonna let me ask one? Is that how it's <laughs> Yeah. My my main question was He's gonna th- make you pull up pictures now after I leave. <laughs> <laughs> I can put it for the thumbnail. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um let me restart this camera quick. <laughs> the talent portion is what my yeah. question is about. Yeah. So does everybody sing and dance or or is like, are people like doing like acrobatics or like, like what is that thing. Part, part? Yeah. I mean, the goal is you, you have to, uh, depending upon the pageant, so pageantry systems are scored differently. Some are comparative scoring, some are just accumulative scoring. So if you're, especially if you're competing in like a comparative scoring, you have to make yourself stand out because you obviously want the highest amount of points available so you know if 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 everyone's going to be a dancer well okay what are you going to do to stand out how are you going to make that different you know for me i'm not a dancer i can i can rehearse choreography you know that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff uh but my uh, my background has always been musical theater so that's where i always go um i am fortunate enough to also have the capability of singing Mm. so my last couple uh competitions that i've done i do a really mean uh live poor unfortunate souls ursula from the little mermaid oh nice um (laughs) so yeah so it's about finding your niche you know there are people that'll play instruments there are people that will play you know, you know, do different things, comedy, yeah. you know, whatever your, it's, it's a true talent, yeah. but yeah, baton twirling, okay. I mean, you know, all wow. that kind of stuff. Cause the thing is the more unique it is, the less the judges are going to know about it likely. And you're going to score higher because there's going to be less for them to clock on it. You know, yeah. if you're going to dance the house down and lip sync a number, a lot of people do that, so you're going to be compared to a lot of different people, and mm-hmm. they're going to be able to pick that apart a lot easier. You know, also the more people you got on stage with you, that all affects your scores too, because they're all being scored and judged just as much as you are. So if your backup dancers are screwing up or whatnot, you're going to get clocked on that, and that's going to affect your overall score. So yeah, I try if I as much as I can, I try to make it me standout talent. If I need some backup to enhance the performance, great, but if they're not necessary. Do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Solo talents can really kill sometimes. Yeah. In a good way. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, that's wild. It's like, so there's no, there's, it, it I don't know. It's interesting to me because it's so, it would it be adjacent to bodybuilding or it's like almost like the, like yeah, so parallel. similar. Yeah. Parallel because yeah, they have like, <laughs> they each get their own time yep. to go on stage and do like a little performance. And most times it's like a flex show, you know, and yeah. they're like, but some it's dudes weird. like do acrobatics. <laughs> yeah, it, it's super weird. <laughs> sometimes they do acrobatics. They'll do like backflips and like the splits and stuff. But sometimes dudes are just putting together a routine where they're just like flowing from. It looks like a dance from like yeah. one pose to another. So really interesting how similar those two are. Yeah, I mean, it's, Brandon. <laughs> it's um, crazy how much they, you know, there are a lot of parallels there. Yeah. Um, okay. So then, with with all that, what do you think about like the political standing of it all? Where where do you sit with that? 
I mean, it's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. What is yeah. the, the pillow? Well, so, uh, so we'll drag, get it from his perspective. So drag is really under fire right now. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically something that had became really popular was like drag story time. So, I mean, like public libraries are bringing in drag queens to read children's books to kids and, okay. you know, things like that. And that specifically is like, there are a lot of other things there, you know, the transgender community is really under attack and straight up just being killed. And there's, there's a lot of different things, but specifically with drag, um, political figures are saying, you know, they don't want their kids exposed to this sexualized, um, profane, you know, thing, community, it thing, you know, they use all these terrible words. When in reality, like, it, it's drag queen story time, right? As a professional, if, if I'm hired to do a drag queen story time and I'm going to a public library or whatever, I'm not wearing the same thing I would wear at one in the morning in a nightclub <laughs> dealing with severely intoxicated human beings, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to them, everything is washed and is all equal and all the same, which is part of the problem. You know, so they're saying, you know, that they don't want the kids exposed, all this kind of stuff. Well, they're not in a nightclub at one in the morning. It's Mm -hmm. noon on a Sunday in a library, you know, getting library books read to them. You know, these are average children's books that you can find at the library, find in their public schools, private schools, whatever. You know, it's not it's. It's the golden books, the Dr. Seuss books, you know, you know but it's that the, these are also the same people getting Dr. Seuss canceled and things like that. So it's frustrating um, and exhausting, but also terrifying because it's uh, being part of a minority group, being part of the LGBT community, you already feel there's already an uneasiness, you know, as far as like safety goes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just being out in public, you know, uh, where we live, generally speaking, is a very conservative area. Mm-hmm. Um, when we lived in Milwaukee, Milwaukee's not a conservative area, but it's also not necessarily the safest area for other reasons. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you pick your battles. Um, I fortunately have never had any anyone like a aggressively come at me or attack me or anything like that, even with words, Mm -hmm. Um, even at a young age. I mean, I was out in high school. I came out somewhere between like my sophomore and junior year of high school. And everyone was like, yeah, no crap. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't hide that. (laughs) Like I had all the anxiety and the weight of the world on my shoulders. And you tell the first person, you're like, oh, I think I'm gay. That weight is instantly lifted off. And their response is, yeah, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Took you long enough kind of thing. So... I've always been very self-confident and self-aware and things mm-hmm. like that. So I think a lot, a lot of how you carry yourself also, you know, I'd like to see someone try and mess with me. I was going to say that. I agree. I bet no one's messed with you because you're very confident. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, but not in a, not in a like. No, I'm going to beat you up way. Yeah. Well, but, not, you're I mean, just no, like, but not like in a narcissistic way. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, it's just you have confidence. In yourself, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. 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 Um, but as a community being a small community that is easy to attack and because we've been under attack, this isn't anything new. It's just a new battle. Um, the current battle and it's kind of, it's being an easy target. They will always find something and it just, it's, it's exhausting. It's very (laughs) exhausting. (laughs) What do you think? I don't know if that answers your question. (laughs) No, it does. It does. Um, what's like. I, I like because I just can't find the words for it. Mm-hmm. What's the what do you think the idea is behind having a drag story time instead of just like a story time? I mean, it's just exposure. You yeah. know, kids don't 
see kids don't look at a drag queen and go well that's a man maury like that's not what kids you know it's about just having a fun time also now because of um because of exposure to digital i mean kids at a very young age are glued to tablets and phones and youtube and things like that kids nowadays are very self-aware at a much younger age Mm mm-hmm yeah. You know, people ask all the time, well, when do you think you knew that you were gay? Like, well, I don't know when I knew I was gay, but let me tell you, I knew when I thought boys were pretty at a young age, mm-hmm. you know, um, that kind of thing. But it's it's having that exposure for kids to know like, hey, this is okay too. You know, if if, if, if it resonates with one person in that audience, that was a successful event. You know, if you can, if you, if, if a child who is questioning anything, gender, sexuality, existence, whatever, I feel like kids nowadays deal with a lot of stress and anxiety unnecessarily just from society. Mm. If they can see that performer, individual entertainer and be like, this is okay and resonate with that, that was a successful event. So it's just about the exposure and being like, Hey, normal people it's okay. These people exist in the world. You don't have to feel alone, mm-hmm. you know, and being that source for, you know, if, if that kid then sees that library as a safe space, that's an amazing thing, you know, or whatever space they're in type thing. Yeah. You know, one thing that like I have questions about with it and it's not the nature of drag at all. It has nothing yeah. to do with that because to be honest with you as a straight dude that has never experienced that at all, I think more so where the, the the uproar comes from is like people are insecure with how they are and like the way that they feel that they can raise their kids and they don't want other people to have influence because they don't have yep. enough influence on their kids yep. type thing. So I don't think it's a problem with drag. I think it's a problem yep. with the parents, Parenting. you yep. know, um, <clears throat> because there are going to be the kids that eventually become transgender or yep. gay or want to do drag or the straight kids or the yep. nerds, the cool kids, whatever, you know, um, all the different things. So, um, and the thing is, if that if that's the case, if that's how you, as a parent, if that's how you feel about your kids, yeah, you don't want them to expose that. Don't the people that are fighting these things aren't the ones taking their kids to a drag queen story time. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Which which ah, uh, then, then that's a mute point. Like yeah, yeah. like just don't take uh, them. I agree. You know. Yeah. I mean, these events are obviously being successful because they're popping up everywhere. Yeah. Right. Why is it a bad thing? <laughs> I so you know. so I totally I can totally agree with your point. I think where it comes is like they're con- they're concerned about other people's kids because it's not the way that they would do things personally. Sure, which is to me again a mute point too because it's like why the fuck do you care? Like do what you have to do in your own house. You know what I mean? Well, exactly. Yeah. Well, and that I mean, and that and uh, I don't know if I'm going to go there. It it's a, a lot of it is religion based. It just is what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the whole point of separation of church and state, <laughs> so yeah. why are we doing that? Yeah. But anyways, yeah. um, but you know, if you don't want your kids to be exposed to that kind of thing, then it is up to you as an adult to make sure that your child is not exposed to that. You have every right to make that decision. Yeah. What you don't have a right to do, in my opinion, is to make laws to say that nobody has access to that. I think you're right, 100%. Speaking from like a totally like political side and like, you know, um, and I now you're think, controlling how other people raise their kids. 
Yeah, 1000%. Because I also think, too, like if you don't want them exposed to drag, then they probably shouldn't be exposed to porn either. Or they shouldn't be exposed to like many things that you consider to not be good, right? right. If it's like the religious people, right? They don't like drag. They don't like porn. Sure. They don't like all those things. So then just get rid of their fucking phone, lock them inside. Yeah. You know, make sure that they're not exposed yep. to the world in general, yep. you know? And yeah, I th- like I said, I think it's more of a parenting issue than yep. it is anything else. And I mean, and you can go real broad with it too. I mean, if, if drag is the concern, having your child exposed to drag because of whatever, if it's the gender bending, whatever it may be. Okay. So then we're not exposing our children to mascots. We're not mm-hmm. exposing our children to, oh gosh, I don't know, Ronald McDonald. We're not exposing, you know, I mean, it, the list yeah. can go on forever and being a child of the 90s, you know, we had Mrs. Doubtfire, we had Tootsie, we had, you know, how many movies that had these critically acclaimed actors in drag, these movies win awards and all these different things, and it was okay. But now here we are, fast forward to 2023, when we're supposed to be more advanced, more moving moving the needle forward, and all of a sudden now we're back in the 50s or wherever you want to go with it. You know, it's just yeah. so weird that like, Ah, which direction are we moving here and why? It's yeah. crazy to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective, interesting view. I didn't know this whole thing about the story time. Yeah, I think Don't that Google I've it. seen it'll turn into a black hole real fast. <laughs> it will. Like the more the more extreme things I that I have things. seen haven't been like the I've seen the story time thing and I'm I'm kind of like for me, I'm like, I don't, I wouldn't care if like my kid got yeah. read a book by a dude dressed up yeah. like a girl. Like that doesn't bother me. The same way it wouldn't bother me if there was like a girl dressed up as a guy reading yeah. the story. I think it just honestly makes like men who are not masculine yeah. uncomfortable because they like, they're just not masculine enough in themselves or like confident enough in themselves to like think, I don't know. There's like a whole rabbit hole for me. The it thing is, the thing that I've seen is like, that people have a problem with. And I would have a problem with this, by the way, if it was a guy or a girl, if it was like, you know, like because drag half- the other way does exist. Females that yeah. dress as men. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So, but just like somebody half naked in front of my child. Oh, period. I mean, that's totally. You know? di- yeah, 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 absolutely. So, but it doesn't matter if it's a someone in drag or if it's like someone who's straight to me. Right. Like just you don't get do the vagina that. out of my yeah, kid's yeah, yeah. face or the dick out of my kid's <laughs> face. Like period. And, that, and you know? that's the crazy thing is because it, because with the political side, it's, it's obviously being heavily sexualized. Like that's, yeah. that's their driving force. That's the only part they focus on. Correct. Yeah. Because, because it's the easy one yeah you know that's that's their easy argument but i mean uh, one of my dear friends watertown wisconsin very conservative area Mm -hmm. had a pride they hosted the main stage it was like a sunday afternoon event in the park awesome there was a group of neo-nazis protesting there really with flags dressed in ski masks all black all you could see with their eyes like i mean it was crazy i'm like 2023 why do we have why is this a thing when did this happen Mm, two or three months ago two months ago oh yeah i'll send you the link it was all <laughs> over the local news it was crazy i didn't know that wow. yeah me yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we don't literally never watch the news i at least uh, i really try not to <laughs> there's too much shit in there it gets me in a bad mood me too yeah yeah but yeah i mean that's happening in our backyard and it's like why is this still a thing so it's just it's just crazy you know, people, I mean, those are literally hateful people that want to kill people straight up. Yeah. And the things that they were yelling and chanting. And again, this was a Sunday in a park with families, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that was, you know, and I mean, there were police there. They kept it very, mm, they kept it as civil as they could. You know, the police were very, there, supportive for the event, you mm-hmm. know, um, 
And it was just kind of one of those things where it was just like, here we are still, still fighting this fight. And it's just because people have been uh, emboldened with social media and I call them keyboard warriors. Mm-hmm. You know, people can just go to town behind a screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually that's going to bleed over into their life. And it's like, wait, you're not, be- you know, you're not behind a screen anymore, right? Like this, you said that out loud to a person in public. Like, like that's not okay. <sighs> but yeah, you're actually seeing more and more of that as live streaming is getting real, like real popular. So they're like taking big DSLR cameras like this one. And they're like going around to different towns and like it's even the racist like people online or whatever. Yeah. And they're saying they're like dumb shit out and they're like actually getting beat up. It's like no shit, fuck face. Yeah, like you're saying you it in real life. Yeah. Like, yeah. So like you can say the N word on a keyboard or like even behind your screen, but just don't show up outside because somebody's go- it's going to catch up to you. It's yeah. karma, dude. It's, it's karmic yeah, debt. You know? It's absolutely crazy how <laughs> emblazoned some of these people feel have you ever like have you ever had any sort of hate towards being gay or transgender no not transgender uh what is it <laughs> drag. Uh, drag drag <laughs> no you're good yeah um no uh fortunately i mean people are always going to make their petty ignorant comments uneducated comments and things like that and it's just i've never been one to fuel that fire yeah so it's like cute for you glad you feel that way move along like i've just never I don't, I, 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 I will not feed into it. So, yeah. um, aside from that, fortunately, I've always been very blessed to have a very supportive family, uh, friends, community, all of that behind me. Um, and I'm fully aware that that's not the majority. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. So, you know, I always feel really terrible when I hear, you know, devastating stories of friends that have been kicked out of their houses at teenage, you know, as a teenager and stuff like that. Cause they didn't have that support. And it, mm-hmm. I feel bad because I can't relate on that level. Um, but you know, all you can do is be as supportive as possible and just do what you can, whatever they need. But yeah, fortunately I've been, um, never like never anything crazy. Cool. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are good people out there. There's a lot of good people out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, there's they just way, don't get a lot of the publicity. <laughs> yeah. There's way more good than bad. Yeah. yeah. It's just the bad have the loudest voices. Yeah. We highlight know. everything bad, I feel like. Yeah. Well, and that's the media. It's, that's the media's yep. job. Yeah. Get those 100%. viewings. Get those yeah. ratings. <laughs> yeah. No matter what side you're looking at, right? That's right. It's crazy. Yep. That's why we shut it off. That's why I turned it off. Like, I just can't deal with it. I don't care. I Like, I just, I genuinely do not care yeah. about the uh, Trump, Biden, any of that shit. Like it doesn't make a difference to me, especially my immediate life. Like my business is still going to run dependent on whether I run it good or not, you know, or well or not like Trump and Biden. It's cool. It's a cool show. But like, I personally think conspiracies, right? That they're not actually running shit. Like there's people above them. Well, they have very little power. I mean, if you think about it, you know, yeah. Like I think it's like the CIA, FBI, sure, right, whatever. So like, So I I could give a shit, you know, I mean, there's checks and balances for a reason. Yeah. 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 But like you said, the, 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 the actual, like, this isn't a monarchy, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's terrifying because it does seem like we're moving in a certain direction away from democracy, which is terrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we all got to get like a big piece of land and move all the good people there <laughs> and just trade cows. A <laughs> hey, good old barter system. Yeah. Like, I love a good barter. Yeah. Like I got some skills. What do you got for skills? Yeah. What can we do? Exactly. Here? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I barter. I don't give a shit. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think uh, when, when the world ends, people will still want Botox and their hair done? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. 
Yeah, it, I mean, if you still got needles tucked away somewhere and you got your clippers tucked away somewhere, yeah, there's going to be some <laughs> fucking... some underground railroad yeah. beauty salons going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. People want their fitness. So you guys are going to be the tea party. What? Is that people will want to be fit in that time, so... Well, I mean, it's going to be survival of the fittest. Yeah, exactly. literally. Like, yeah. <laughs> we know the people that aren't going to survive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's by design, man. I think it is. So, uh, there, you know, there's a lot of that. A lot of stake can go into like divine intervention, and things are what they are for a reason, and will be what they will be. You know, all those kinds of things. That yeah. it's like you can only control what you can control, and influence what you know as far as your circle goes, mm-hmm. you know, obviously the larger the circle or the more connections, the further that influence can go. But like, if everyone just does their part and be a better human, like, <laughs> I know it's cliche and tacky, but it's true. No, it yeah, is gotta true. Find yeah. That positivity. Yeah. yeah. Cause there is so much negativity in the world. For sure. Are you spiritual? Uh, sure. Yeah. Spiritual, religious, maybe not so much. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Believe in God. Uh, I believe in a higher something or another, whether okay. or not one person created everything that exists. I You're not sure about, about that. Yeah. Just you said divine intervention. So. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, but I mean, there's the things that are out of your control that. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, cool. You want to close us out? This has been great, dude. Yeah. It's a really good I podcast. I told you he had yeah. a great story. <laughs> great story. Yeah. I feel like your husband has a good story, too that i didn't know about <laughs> yeah I, yeah he's not much of a cameraman microphone type thing that's okay he kind of clowns up that's okay he, he's a little he's a little i don't want to say so you, awkward but he gets a little awkward you can't be that awkward if you're a recording artist yeah what the heck or yeah, is that behind the screen yeah it's true that's yeah, in our guest room yeah. that's him by himself yeah. in his in our guest room yeah <laughs> Never mind. I think about my time in the studio too, and it's just like doors shut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no and even knows. that, he does that like on his days off when I'm at work. So he doesn't even do it when I'm at home. <laughs> uh, so it really is. You do it at home? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Our guest room, his game room, recording studio. Like it's all in one room. Nice. Are you a gamer? Like a PC, Xbox type of guy? No. Switch. Switch? Okay, nice. Yeah. That's cool. He's a big Sweet. Zelda guy. Oh, Animal Zelda Crossing. rules. Ugh, yeah. He's got to get his what turnips every day or whatever on animal crossing <laughs> i didn't know so people outside my world yeah, i, I didn't know people still played animal, animal crossing we're talking about he's a yeah <laughs> i don't have any i'm more of like a super mario brothers like again i have to have a goal yeah right you know like do the race or get the flagpole whatever right the whole like role-playing wandering around like i don't yeah <laughs> my add kicks in 10 minutes in i'm like ah, this is boring i quit sure <laughs> Um, okay, so we ask three three questions. Um, the first question at the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So the first question is, um, what is your biggest goal in the near future? I guess we've been saying this year, but yeah, this so year's almost over. So the end of the so year. I guess, yeah. What what is your? <laughs> I'm gonna say at this point is getting to the end yeah, of the year. I mean, what is your what is a what is it what is your biggest goal that you have? You know, currently, like professionally, athletically, whatever. Yeah, I mean, so right now, as we as we quickly steamroll to the end of the year, um, Salon is going to get insane real fast. It's October, which means I am in holiday rehearsal mode already, because uh, I kind of go from back to school, which is like August, September, um, and then my clients will book their December appointments and then work their way back to fill in the gap. So I'm already in warm up to to the holidays, which is terrifying um and it's 80 some degrees outside uh in wisconsin today yeah um so i mean where is it's really getting through the end of the year 
Um, as far as the salon goes, we have our Disney run the first week of no- first weekend in November. Do you have any specific goals for times or anything like that? Or is it get so, through all three or? Yeah, well, to get through all three without being injured. But the thing is with like a Disney run is it's about it's about the experience. Okay. They're not they're not like a PR type run. You know, they have character stops out and photo opportunities, and you know, all creating all the magic three days. that Disney was, does, right? So, um, you know, I do when I set up my training program, I did set a time of like you know from a half marathon i think i did like an hour and 45 minutes or an hour and 50 minutes which my pr right now is 155 okay half nice. marathon. so um so i did i am training towards that goal but come race day i know that's not actually going to happen because there's i want to do all the things along the route um so but just kind of getting through and i know i'll be able to do the three-day run because in the marathon training that happens all the time mm-hmm. the three-day consecutive runs so um you know my big my big goal for the year was the marathon back in june which was that was brutal do you think you'll run another one (laughs) so following the marathon i was like nope i'm good done it and now i'm kind of like i mean why not you gotta do an ultra now no that mm, see (laughs) 50 miles like that's I have a client. He's saying this it. now and then watching like two years. He's like, so hey, I, by the way, I signed up for an I ultra. Know. I, know <laughs> I have a client that ran an ultra earlier this year and it was like nine and a half hours. Yeah. Nine and a half hours of running. Yeah. It's insane. You do like the Ragnar. That's so we were going to do because now Ragnar has sprint distances. Oh, really? Yeah. So like the one from that goes from Chicago to Madison, you can do just the Milwaukee to Madison leg now. Oh, it's like a cool. sprint distance. I think this was the first year they were doing it and it was on our radar. I couldn't get a team together kind of. Um, conflicted with the marathon training and mm. stuff like that. I was like, I could squeeze it in, but it doesn't really fall in line. Let's not hurt myself type thing. Yeah. So that's on my list. Also, I mean, I, yeah, I am doing that. I just got asked to do the fall 50 in Door County mm. as a relay team. <laughs> and that's in two weeks because they had someone back out. And they're like, well, you're already training for something. So so I'll, I'm going to be do 10 out of those 50 miles. Nice. That's cool. So, yeah. That's up in Door County. So. Okay, so with that being said, what are you willing to sacrifice to attain your goals? I don't sacrifice anything. I make it work. <laughs> um, no, I like that answer. Yeah. That it's, answer. yeah. It's, I mean, you, you, have to, you have to align your daily actions with your goals. I mean, it's, you know, it, if, if you want to, if you want to achieve your goals, you have to take little steps toward them. Um, again, I'm someone that's easily overwhelmed, so I have to break things down into like baby steps. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as big races and stuff, I think get closer, there are a lot of things that go into it as far as like, not only just, not just the training and working out and stuff like that, but nutrition, sleep, you know, all those other things have to fall in line too. So it's, it's making those small daily steps to align with your goals. And when you start to deviate from that, you either need to recognize that you've deviated from your path to your goals and, and either recalibrate or recalibrate your goals, which is not a bad thing either. You yeah. Know, it's good to adjust your goals. Like you said, I'm close to my goal. So let's push it back out a little. Yeah. You know, keeps you moving. Totally. And what are you not willing to sacrifice to attain a goal? Like what? what I'm not willing to sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. What am I not willing to sacrifice? I don't know. That's a hard one. I mean, I'm not willing to... I'm not willing to accept, I guess. Not willing to... 
not willing to sacrifice. I mean, I'm not willing to sacrifice my self-drive. I mean, that's, you gotta go. You gotta, you have to keep pushing yourself forward. Um, so I'm not willing to sacrifice. I don't know. I don't know how I'd put that into words. Well, you heard it here first. TJ is going to sacrifice everything. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I'm not willing to sacrifice. I mean, obviously, like my morals and what I stand for, my principles. You know, sure. I, I've yeah, I've yeah. I've built a really strong foundation on. It's weird when people talk about me being an avid runner and you know, but you know, talk about health and nutrition and stuff. Like that. I'm like, I just found something that worked for me, and it, it it dramatically changed my life. Sure, but I've built this foundation on this, and it, and it's worked for me. And I'm two years into this mm-hmm. now. You know, being less a hundred plus pounds and all these different things. So, I mean, I guess I'm not willing to sacrifice that foundation for sure. You know, the personal. Uh, morales yeah. drive whatever i mean that's yeah. that's that's what keeps tj going that's that, great that foundation it's new and i'm still working on cementing that foundation yeah. <laughs> but it's there it'll forever evolve yeah that's good absolutely yeah because yeah. bad habits suck yeah they do suck <laughs> well hey man we really appreciate you stopping in and doing the pod um yeah. really appreciate your time i thought it was great so yeah thank you Anytime. awesome story we love yeah. it if you, if you thought of new topics maybe another one <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. i'd love to run it back i got oh, a yeah, couple we more will, questions we could for sure yeah. i'm gonna get a whole spreadsheet of like yeah these for us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes 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 awesome yeah. man cool well thanks for watching guys thanks for listening if you are new here subscribe on the youtube channel subscribe on spotify apple music Amazon, all the cool places that you can be. And uh, we'll talk to y'all in the next one. Thanks. That was really good. Yeah. You're natural at talking. I told you. I mean, I do it. I do it 10 hours a day.